Hello and welcome to Nerd Punches Nerd, the only podcast where a bunch of nerds pretend to physically fight over minor pop culture minutia. I'm Jeremy, here with Benji and Sam. Hey guys. What's Hello. up? Go Caps. I'm hijacking this. Go Caps. <laughs> yeah. Hey, come on. That's that's my line. Oh, that's Were you actually, actually going to say that? Actually I, wasn't, say that? I wasn't going to, but yeah, let's line. go Caps. Yeah, woohoo, yeah. All right. This is pretty historic. <laughs> this is pretty historic. I know, I know, like you hate hockey specifically, Jeremy, and you're like, I want hockey to die, mm-hmm. and I think pucks are stupid, yeah. and I think, I think that Puck the character from Shakespeare's Midsummer Night's Dream is also stupid, yeah. and I Canonical. hate hockey. But, um, but here's the thing: in in my world of only hearing about Caps results and sort of following it, and Sam actually following it, it's very exciting. All right. <laughs> Well, the only cap I support is Captain America, and the only Captain Ooh, America support not Mar- is from the movies not Marvel? And, and not from the comic books. Um, not Captain Marvel or Captain Doctor Strange. Oh, yeah, that guy's good. All right, yeah. so today we're going to be discussing Avengers Infinity War, and since it's been already a, a week since it's come out, I feel like we are capable of doing some classic spoiler alert. Right, guys? So spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Are you going to do a spoiler alert, Jeremy? Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> so, <laughs> thank you, thank you. That, that's their spoiler alert. Now, what we're going to do is just go around the room and get things started <laughs> <laughs> by, just, by basically discussing, like, if we could pick one of the many Marvel characters that wasn't in Infinity War, which leaves us with at least a few, and we had to see them destroyed by vanished by Thanos, who would it be? So what we're gonna do is we're gonna start with the biggest Caps fan, and then go to this to the <laughs> least Caps fan. <laughs> all right, that's that's a good way of doing things. Yeah, and I think we all know who is actually posted about the Caps on Facebook the most. So Sam, I liked I liked several posts. Yeah, and I did, and I do I, like it. I'm very happy about this. Yeah, but you didn't start those posts. So Sam, why don't you go first? All right. I will go first as the biggest Caps fan on this podcast. Um, the Marvel character that I would definitely want to disappear, and I'm just going to preface this by saying I'm totally stealing this joke from The Onion, um, <laughs> but Iron Fist. Mm. Um, <laughs> there was there was a funny Iron headli- uh, 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 Onion headline that said something like, you know, um, Netflix relieved to learn that Iron Fist, one of the characters that has been uh, killed by Thanos. <laughs> That's so mean. <laughs> it's, it's so mean, and yet it's so true. That's funny. Okay, I like that. <laughs> All right, Benj. Definitely, what's his name? Uh, Fozzy Wazzy. Who's that guy? I I don't know. Foggy. Foggy. The guy. The guy. Foggy Nelson. I, yeah, the guy who I did. <laughs> Daredevil, right? All right. That would definitely be it. See. I definitely would be very, very happy to see that sort of. It's kind of like it's kind of like the the Kefka peel away. You know how like Kefka dies in in mm-hmm. FF six. That's kind of how people were in uh, in the movie, and I would be overjoyed to see that happen to um, Foggy Woggy or whatever. <laughs> as he's as he's trying to do a clever speech, mm-hmm. uh, and it happens just in the middle of that. That would be that would make me very happy. Wow, Just for the record, I like Foggy. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm sure you do. So we, so I hope it happens. Like we're both watching it, 
And as it happens, I start cheering. And you're like, no! Foggy, foggy! Jeremy's just shaking his head. <laughs> well, I'd be uh, sorry to see him go. Um, <laughs> see, I was originally thinking, for mine, the uh, the version of Deadpool from X-Men Origins Wolverine. Um, mm-hmm. Because uh, this is too easy. So Not only is it too easy, but I almost feel like that character has in some ways been redeemed by the fact that like now, in the new Deadpool movie, like Ryan Reynolds gets to make fun of that. Yeah. I think that's true. So I think the person I would would get rid of is whatever the name of that Glenn Close character is in Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh. Uh, which I believe her name is... Glenn Closer? No, no. I believe her name is uh, Glenn Glose. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a clever Marvel reversal of names. <laughs> Um, mainly because uh, she had like the least well done line in that entire movie, so you know. What was her line? Which, was, which line was that, Jeremy? Oh, it was the thing about talking to Quill at the end. He's like, you know, he's like, well, we we did an analysis of your you know, DNA, and it seems <laughs> like you know, it's like, oh Jesus, all right. I, and and I remember hearing that like James Gunn was saying like, yeah, we had to be out of this end because there were audiences who were confused about that i was like okay all right fine <laughs> all right so let's uh let's get started in talking about the movie avengers now i think we all agree that it's a very good movie you know mm-hmm. you know maybe even great but and jimmy you know one thing i realized too is this this is almost the it's sort of the anniversary sort of of i don't know how many year anniversary of um of us starting the podcast, if you think about it, because remember we did like the proto podcast. It's a uh, five on, years. It, five yeah, years. we did it. We did it. We did it for the first Avengers. Like you, I don't. We we never put it online, right? Mm-hmm. No, we didn't because because Sam was the when we when we got our first special guest. Yes. You know, we <laughs> that christened the, the dawn of Nerd Punches Nerd. Right. So it's yeah. Yes. Our well, celebration. It's, it's it's not an official Nerd Punches Nerd unless you have you know. Guest starring Sam. <laughs> exactly. Jeremy and I have our side. Our, you know, it's just, it just, it just feels, it just feels sort of empty. Right. Well, I think it's important to start things off by giving you guys the most important piece of information about Avengers, which is the Yehuda review. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! I love the Yehuda review. No, <laughs> this you, is great. As you guys you should get know, a recording of him doing it. Like, <laughs> well, we spoke for like an hour, so I didn't really. I, it was a little too. Oh, like a podcast right there. You should do a podcast with Yehuda. <laughs> As you guys know, of course, uh, Yehuda is basically like the biggest comic book nerd I know. You know, and to the point where you know he has like a real sliding scale about comic book movies. Just to like give you the point of example, like he'll he'll laugh with glee, you know, in, in his seat as he's watching it in a th- in a crowded theater. It's great. Uh, you know, like just so, just to like put the, put it in you know comparison, he's like you know Thor. He thought was great, you know, <laughs> you know. Sure, does he say you know Winter Soldier? He thinks it, you know is or Black Panther? He thinks are like the best. Yeah, but <laughs> you know it's like he, Suicide Squad. He said was okay. 
So, you know, I'm just saying, you know, that's your sliding scale right there. Now, so, of course, as is you there, recall... Has there, has there ever been a comic book movie that he, like, straight up said was bad? Uh, didn't he... <laughs> I, think he said, I think he said Electro was bad. Electro? Okay, that's a good one. Yeah, well, I don't think I've seen that one. No, actually, I have a deal. Nor has anyone. Oh, yeah, there you <laughs> go. Nor has anyone. Yeah. Uh, so... He said, as you would have expected, he thought, he thought it was really great, an amazing movie, you know, one of Marvel's best. He, th- he says he thinks it's the best team-up movie he's ever seen. Which one? The best team-up movie he's ever seen. Oh, this one, this one yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he basically, you know, like, he essentially agreed with everything I said for the most part, but um, it was just kind of interesting, you know, to hear his like feedback is, you know, he's very familiar with, you know, Thanos from the comics and, you know, he knows all that backstory and he's read all those, you know, infinity war stories and stuff. Really? Yeah. So he knows like the whole shebang. Whereas I just like, I know a bunch of it, but I haven't read it. So, you know, it's sort of like a different level. And when, when did like, what decade did, um, like the, the infinity wars, the first one, uh, start. What you're talking about in the, uh, in the comics. Yeah. Uh, that's a good question. Let's see. It looks like it was in the early 90s. Oh, really? It's that yeah. recent? Well, relatively <laughs> speaking, yeah. yeah. So, I feel like it's a good idea to just sort of talk about a, a few things. You know, the first thing I want to say is I feel like one of the strengths of the movie is that you didn't have to rely on a lot of exposition. Like, you know, these are all characters we know, you know, uh, I don't know how, I mean, did you guys see it in like crowded theaters or like how big, how big were the audiences? Mine, mine, mine was fairly packed. Um, I saw it at a theater in LA and it was like, it was like the Thursday night. Like I got it at one of the earlier showings. So it was pretty packed. Mm-hmm. I saw it actually on a, like a Sunday afternoon matinee, but, um, the theater was still, I would say mostly full. Yeah. Yeah. I saw it in, uh, surprised like early afternoon and it was also it it became full um so let me i want to ask like i'll I'll answer this first is like what were the like big applause lines you know were the when is it that like one of the biggest reactions because i can tell you for me uh the first huge reaction was when you saw captain america for the first time you know, yeah, he like same, steps out of the shadows, yeah. he grabs the spear, and I was I was listening to someone, I, one of the things I really like about that whole scene is, like, you know, the, it is unquestionable that Vision and Scarlet Witch are the most, like, powerful members of the Avengers, but, like, they're, like, relieved. The captain's like, oh, finally, we're, we're saved! You know, and, I, I, and it makes sense, of course, because, like, neither one of them is, like, particularly, like, inspiring as a leader, but it's, like, that's why it's kind of interesting it's like, oh, he, you know, finally, even though this guy who is, you know, by any threat, you know, like normal measurement, weaker, you know, has that. And, and the thing is, like, that's, in a way, it's like a weakness of the movie, but it, but also not. In that you don't really have much of an arc for Captain America. Right. You know, and I think that's one of the things that's kind of funny to think about. Because i think it's fair both to think about the movie with and without like a context of sorts it's fair to think of it in the context of what we've seen already and also uh, what's to come like the knowledge of what's mm-hmm. to come like you know, how does the knowledge that listen you know that as soon as ryan coogler is ready they'll make a black panther 2 
you know, right. you know that there's going to be more like Guardians or Spider-Man movies. Right. You know, like how does that affect your enjoyment of the this movie or your feeling of the impact of the ending? So we're going so we're sort of saying our reaction. Oh, you want to wanna, it? you want to jump right to what uh, talking about the ending? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was going to yeah, hold off because I I thought maybe we would talk about you know what do we like what did we not like you know. <laughs> No, this this makes it spicy, Sam. Yeah, well, why, why <laughs> bury, discussion. Uh, why, why bury the trade and blows, if you will. <laughs> yeah. So, what do you think? Okay. Um, it's funny. I don't. I don't know that I really noticed any like big like applause lines or like moments when like the audience like really reacted to like you know a, a character introduction or something. Um, I I will say. Definitely, when we saw like Black Panther and Wakanda, there was there was cheering in the theater. Right. Um, that for sure, there was an audience reaction to that. The first the first time we saw the Wakandans. Um, other than that, yeah, I don't I don't think I really noticed any moment when everybody was like, "Oh my God, it's this character!" and like started cheering. Certainly, certainly that moment um, in the climax when Thor when like Thor shows up yes. yeah like yeah that was like a moment and everybody was like oh my god like it's happening Thor's back and he's just kicking everyone's ass like you know that so that that was a, a moment that that definitely had an audience reaction I don't know what what about you Benj what did you what did you notice well definitely that that Captain America moment um it was it was a lot of and I felt like because I got it um because I watched it like one of the earlier showings, I felt like you had a lot of like more hardcore fans. So there were definitely a lot of people there who were, I think just people were dressed up. Um, cool. I didn't see a lot. I, I didn't see a lot, but I think I saw one or two people dressed up, but there definitely was like people cheering when they saw like almost every single <laughs> next character that showed up. Probably right. not. I don't, I don't, I don't know about, um, Scarlet Witch or Vision. Um, yeah, I feel like maybe you get, maybe well, like it's also you know like you can, you can cheer for Paul Bellamy, but yeah. <laughs> Paul Bettany on about your Paul Bellamy. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I think maybe people cheered when he turned into Vision. Um, um, definitely that Thor part, but but as I said, I think it was like really the theater was like packed with fans, yeah. so I think I think there were. Um, what was I going to say? I, I, I think um, – so I think there was a lot of cheering you know, um, going on with, with pretty much any char- new character came up. Um, I mean I think even Spider-Man. I mean even the Spider-Man. Um, <laughs> the Spider-Man, <laughs> yes. I mean it was cool there was Spider-Man in space as, as a side point. But um, uh, – and then – yeah, definitely the reaction with Thor. Um, but I think people even cheered when they saw Peter Dinklage. I mean, like, like I mean, and in fact, I was very happy to see that too. Yeah, uh, I yeah. got that. I shouldn't one. say even. I shouldn't say even. Yeah, I mean, obviously, well, Peter yeah. Dinklage is awesome. But had, um, I mean, uh, sure, we had a lot of applause lines too. Just like when you first saw, like the 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 you know rubber band man playing, and then it says space. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. People laughed and applauded. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that that too. So there was that, and then we are, are we supposed to talk about what we thought about the endings? Yeah, so I'm just saying, like, thinking about, yeah. like, we're talking about the impact here. Like, we all know that some, that some of it can't be 
like 100 percent. of course how is it going to be done that's who knows you know maybe it won't be resolved exactly the way we suspect you know where we'll just be like you know oh thanos is up and thanos is like oops you know i forgot i left the safety on yeah, well, I mean, I mean, I I will also say I am purposely not trying to look at uh, what they did in the in the comics. I mean, if I find out, like I'll find out. But uh, but like, because apparently the um, spoiler alert for the comics, um, apparently that uh that uh that snapping thing that he does actually does happen in the comics. Yes, that's correct. But I I thought they did. I I, I was a fan of it. I thought it was great, and it really made me feel for a second like, like, oh, oh, oh wow, like, I, and you know, it's it's just like, it's just like I think, feel like it's kind of the same thing of like if you're moved by a movie about let's say a historical character who gets killed, like you still like if it's if it's really engaging, you're still gonna sort of feel like oh no, don't get killed, you know, something like that. Yeah. Um, so so or 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 whatever you know happens. I mean, if it's like a World War Two movie, like you know. You know what happens at the end of World War Two, yeah. but like, <laughs> you know, it, uh, but you still. So so anyway, I I was still caught up. I, I was caught up in it. I thought it was I thought it was really great. I thought like it's also kind of a, it's kind of a clever way, to really. I mean, it's 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 very like, it's very risky to do. I feel like, but I but I like that they did that. Um, yeah, it's definitely a ballsy it, decision. Yeah, I, I definitely sure. I definitely yeah I thought it was ballsy and and I and I, and um. And uh, it's a good way to get people hooked into like the whole series, especially especially now that they have to compete with streaming. You know, they have to compete with TV and all sorts of other things. This is a way. I mean, they're already going to do well, but this is a way I think really to rope people more in. I mean, I don't know if it's going to work or if it has worked, um, but I, I think I think it was a smart move in a, in a lot of ways. And it also like made me realize, and this is something Jeremy I, I was saying to you before, but I, I like it was. The, "Quote unquote," my theory that I came up with, but but I was I was fairly certain that other people figured it out, and it's not so much of a secret, which is that um, Sam, who do you think the protagonist of Infinity War is? So I've already seen some discussion. Um, I, I assume where you're going with this is the idea that Thanos is actually the yeah. protagonist of the movie. Yeah. I've, I've seen some discussion of that already, and I do find it intriguing. I mean, he certainly is the character who is, like, trying the hardest to accomplish a goal and then, like, pursues his goal and suffers for it and sacrifices and, and then, like, reaches his goal. You know, like, none of the other characters really do that to the same right. degree. And most of the other characters don't really go through um, the kind of emotional journey that Thanos does. Um, so I, I think I think that's actually a pretty compelling perspective. Um, I do want to talk about the ending, though. Right. Okay. So, I, um, um, so, yeah. so, so yes. Yeah. Yeah. off. I thought I, I thought it was good and I thought it was effective and I thought they did a good job. I thought also that effect, like I said, the Kefka peel away, like the sort of Kefka peel away. I thought I thought that was a cool way of doing it. Of like, because because that would probably be pretty hard to like film. I mean, they probably had to really think about how are they really gonna show, you know, what what does that mean if like half of living existence or half of living creatures in the universe um, uh, all of a sudden die. Like, what, what does that look like? Yeah. And there mean, are many, many ways, and I thought that was good, especially the way it was quiet. It was, like, more yeah. haunting. They got more yeah. disturbing with that imagery in the comics. You know, I, I, mean, I feel like that's fine because, like, if, for example, there was, like, in I believe in the comics version, Spider-Man is one of the ones who doesn't disappear, but, like, he watches, like, in New York how, like, how it, like it's affecting people. Like, like, a woman, like, suddenly her baby vanishes. 
you know. Oh wow. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? But that's the thing. That's like it's it's like the kind of thing probably best they didn't put that in the movie. It's like mm-hmm. you kind of like you know that's what's happening. You know, we you know. It's but, like the opposite of it's like the inverse of what they do with Game of Thrones. In Game of Thrones, they they they, show they, you, right. ja- they jack it up. They right. jack up the violence. Yeah, they right. only you know they they basically have they'll have they have they have people explode instead of like vanishing. <laughs> So it's interesting that Benji that you were mentioning the the, the Kafka you know um, fade away because mm-hmm. speaking of Kafka, uh, Final <laughs> yeah. Fantasy VI is is another property that's really kind of structured in a way where you have a lot of characters, no mm-hmm. real single hero is is the protagonist, mm-hmm. and you know it's a lot of characters in a lot of places with a lot of different plots, and they're all sort of tied together by the villain, mm-hmm. um, yeah. which which really is is kind of how this that's movie. That's a good point is constructed. Um, I think it's, it's really an interesting parallel. Um, but, but let me, let me talk for a minute about the ending. Um, I want to say, first of all, that I, I, de- I did like this movie overall. I definitely enjoyed it. I thought it was, it was well done, but I did not like the ending. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, there were, there were many character deaths all throughout the movie. Um, that I had different reactions to, like when Loki died at first, I was like, "Oh, come on, Loki's not really dead." Like, of course, right. he's just like faking it or something. And then, like over the course of the movie, I sort of gradually like thought about it more, and I was like, "You know what? I think Loki really is dead." Um, and you know, and and that was kind of sad because, of course, you know, I I love his character. Um, and then you have you have Gamora who gets killed, and like I was like, I don't know, maybe she'll come back to life, probably, but she might not. But who knows? But then, like when you have the ending. Where where Thanos just like makes half the characters disappear. Um, at for a second I was like, oh my god, like they're all dying. And then like immediately, I felt this like like pushback. And like, no, they're not dead. Of course they're coming back. Like this is ridiculous. It's fake. You know, it doesn't it doesn't mean anything. Like I'm watching these characters die, and I know they're gonna come back to life. And so I was just like taken completely out of it because. Hmm. I felt like there was like no real emotional impact, you know, to, to watching a bunch of character deaths that you know are temporary. And yet, you know, it's being treated as if they're permanent. So, yeah, so I, I kind a... of had like a, a cold feeling about that. Um, that's a, that's a... You know, and I, I, mean, I thought I thought it was ballsy to end the movie like that. But but I just I just felt like, you know. I, I walked out of there like wondering like was there some other way they could have done this where like all those deaths felt like they actually like met something instead of just being like you know like a big fake out. Yeah, well, you bring up a solid point, which is one thing I thought about was like they they were clearly. It's, let me think of how to describe this. They were clearly playing with audience expectations. Now, the thing is, it's like I give – and maybe this is true for all three of us. I give like a little more leeway and laxness, you could say, for like for any of these movies, like especially sort of like fantasy comic book movies, for when they used to be considered like more silly or, or come from a less taken seriously place. And I try to encourage and applaud along when they get more serious or at least more like more like like at least when they make the drama more uh, impactful and try to do it. I mean, obviously it can be hokey and obviously it doesn't need to be. And, and I also don't think they should get rid of the humor, but it's like, it's like, it's like, for instance, like, I don't know if I would like 
you know, really enjoy The Force Awakens that much if I didn't, if I wasn't just like, man, I, I really just want to see them do um, a, uh, you know, a, a sci-fi fantasy movie that's like, that's like, has some seriousness to it. Now, actually, I guess Rogue One is a better example. And I thought that was legitimately a great movie. But do you see what I'm saying? Like, like I, I give like a little more leeway, and I think it's difficult to do in these comic book movies. Some people have done it effectively, and of course, Dark Knight was one of the best examples of, of them doing that, and, and some of the other uh, great ones. But I think it's like kind of... Okay. Oh, yeah. So, so my point is not just the dark, the dark stuff, but like playing with audience expectations. I mean, so they probably can't really do. Though I haven't seen Legion, so apparently Legion's more like mind bending and stuff. But um, but like it's harder, I think, to do experimentation stuff with audience expectations and playing with the the, the genre in terms of like expectations, uh, flipping them on, on flipping it on its head, especially at, still at this stage. So like I give more leeway and I like I give them more grace. Like oh I'm I'm more of a Yehuda fan of uh, of like the um, experimentation or the playing with the genre stuff for things like the MCU and um, you know uh, and uh, and other sort of fantasy properties. Does that make sense? I think no. so. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what I'm saying is they, they were doing like a playing with audience expectation thing, like a, like a sort of avant-garde-ish sort of thing. I think saying Thanos will return and and with how they played with 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 the expectation of, of you know maybe perhaps Thanos is the is the protagonist. Now it wasn't the most clever turn on its head ever in cinema, you know. But since it's since they're able to do it even to some degree. In a Marvel expanded universe movie, I like applaud it more than I would if I were just watching a movie that was like a, a um, you know, supposed to be a mind bending thing. Like if I saw an episode of like Black Mirror, which I've never seen, or Twilight Zone, or something like that, I wouldn't be that impressed with that. I'd be like, oh yeah, that's like a, that's like, you know, that that's like a, um, that's like a junior level of of uh, playing with audience expectations. But since they were able to do it in in one of these types of movies, I like applaud it more and think it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? <laughs> well, I think for me, you know, part of it was like, well, I, come on. You know, I know that it's not, you know, <laughs> this is like, you know, there, I know that this is like not going to affect me the way same way it will affect other people in general. I, I heard stories about like kids and stuff, like crying at movie, the movies hmm. and stuff like that. Because they don't really have the same context of like, oh, you know, the future. Right. You know? And... Even with knowing things, there were still two things that were impactful because of how they were executed. Uh, one of those was Spider-Man disappearing, because mm-hmm. like, you know they kind of gave it a moment to breathe, where you like wait, because like, you already know what happened with other people, and he says like you know I don't want to go, and mm-hmm. which actually apparently he improvised that line, right. Uh, and you know, there's a piece of that which is sort of like you're able to see the interplay between them, you know, and like you know how Tony is sort of like seeing like, oh, I see exactly how it got to the point where, you know, he is dead because of me. Um, and I think mm-hmm. also the Groot disappearing was also sad. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, and. Sam, I, I don't know. Did you hear about what uh, what James Gunn said is the translation when uh, you know teenage Groot disappears? No, I did not. So uh, he was asked on Twitter, like, well, what is he saying? You know, because as you probably remember, uh, when they write the script for Guardians with stuff, every time they write "I am Groot," he he writes what the translation is. 
yes. so that it can be acted appropriately. Because mm. you know, because that way, because also, because <laughs> because probably the best line in the movie was when he's playing the video game. He goes, "I am Groot." Well, yeah. we'll get, I, I do want to get into like what we think are the best lines and stuff. Oh my too, god! But uh, but, that, but that was a great line. This thing. Yeah. So so apparently, what he says then is, "Dad." You know. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, uh, it was great because it was like Jesus. That's depressing, and like, just like looking at all the. Wait, the did rubble. you say James Gunn? Yeah. He wrote this? I thought it was Russo Brothers who wrote uh, this. Uh, he worked on the Guardian stuff. Like, okay, cool. He, he contributed to help Good. out. Uh, he Good. also, like, for example, one of the things that he did was change, like, Chris Pratt was originally not going to tr- be able to shoot Gamora, but he changed that to say that he would try, even though he would fail, that he was going to, yeah. that he would actually try. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for example, that's just, you know, that's one, that's one example uh, so that he... was that was kind of fun. Can we can we talk for a moment about the interaction between Thanos and and Peter Quill as like sort of playing with the idea of like the dad interacting with the boyfriend that because was, there was yeah. clearly like yeah, like yeah, a yeah. subtext there. There was a subtext, right? especially because he like basically. <laughs> what? Because he tries to shoot Gamora, and it's like he doesn't make it. It turns into bubbles. It's like, yeah. okay, I get it. <laughs> but also, he's like, when he takes her away, he's like, I like you. Yeah, yeah. When he said that, I was like, that, that's that's like a dad to boyfriend. Yeah, I hadn't even thought about it until you started to, you started talking about it. But you're, yeah, you're totally right. That is like whole like thing. that was that was definitely how that scene was functioning on some level, which I thought was amazing. Like, because Thanos is, like, this, like, galaxy-destroying villain, but, like, on another level, he's also, like, a dad. He's also Gamora's dad. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, right, and, and, I mean, you know, one of the things I thought, and not every interaction worked well, but basically for me, everything the Guardians did with everybody was successful. Yeah, yeah, uh, I, I mean, you know, like, I mean, when I start, like, just looking at, okay, the hilarious interactions between like you know the iron man strange spider-man stuff you know my favorite line um is the you know i'll do you one better why is gamora i mean that got the biggest (laughs) laugh in my theater and also for me i mean i was just like yeah to the point where i I didn't hear the next line i mean there's so many great things he's like we are here you know (laughs) to kick names and take ass and drax standing next like nodding proudly (laughs) (laughs) and then like the look look, and also it was great the reaction robert downey jr just doing like the oh we're all gonna die (laughs) (laughs) yeah Um, (laughs) yeah yeah that was that was something something that was really amazing to me in this movie is that not only that they had all these different characters and that they had you know all the characters like felt true to themselves but also, like, all of the characters sort of brought their own tone with them mm-hmm. from yeah. their franchises, especially the Guardians. Yeah. Like, the Guardians come along and you're like, all of a sudden you're like, oh, now I'm watching a Guardians movie. Like, it really felt like Guardians. And, like, you know, Spider-Man did that, and, like, Iron Man does that. Like, they all sort of, like, and Thor even, like, they each sort of have their own. And, you know, it's 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 difficult for a, a movie to have all these different tones yep. all kind of, like, Together. Especially tones, not just different stories, but different tones. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Agree, different, yeah. different tones, all like sort of coming together and melding and like working, all, all in like a single, you know, storyline. I think, I think that was probably one of the the greatest achievements of the movie. Yeah, is bringing I, all these characters and preserving their tones 
while bringing them together. Yeah, and and I mean, I think I mean, like I noticed this. I actually wasn't the biggest fan of Civil War. I didn't dislike it. There are things that I think probably we talked about it when we had the podcast about it. Certainly. But one thing, but one thing I was really impressed with Civil War, and I just sort of remembered again after Infinity War, is like the Russo brothers are like really good at. I feel like they're just really, really good at editing. Like I, I just mean in like a general sense. Like they're yeah. really good at like cutting where they need to cut to keep it going. You know. Because it's difficult. Because kind of inherently, it's not gonna. Like, I think it's so hard to make it work. I mean, I mean, you know, one of the only other people who, who's done it was Joss Whedon. That was the first one, and and it had kind of a singular tone. I mean, obviously, you know, obviously he uh, Avengers was awesome, and he and he's written some amazing stuff, as we know. But like, um, but like. But but I but I but I felt like the Rooster Brothers like 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 I I don't know how many other people I actually literally don't know would be able to cut that to to pull that off you know would be able to not only keep all these different storylines going on but also preserve the tone I mean you're totally right I think also part Sam of that... I was thinking of is that is that is that part of it I wouldn't hear you cool. say in second Jeremy but mm-hmm. also Sam to speak your Final Fantasy VI thing I was thinking the way they organize the movies they cut them they put them into little bands and like little clusters mm-hmm. just right. like. Just like Final Fantasy VI. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yes, where you have like three separate parties and they all yeah. take their different routes. This might be the yeah. best adaptation of Final Fantasy VI we'll ever see. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I was, so yeah. say, what I was going to say, commenting about the Russo brothers, I think part of that, and they've even said this, is the fact that they're, they are brothers. They're two of them, and you know they know each other. <laughs> I just say, but that's a big thing. Like, Joss Whedon was one guy, right. you know, and... Right. Right. You know, I think the fact that it's the two of them and they have a really good collaborative working environment with like, you know, like James Gunn and everyone like that to be able mm-hmm. to be to build this, you know, universe. I mean, to me, you know, talking about these relationships, I think the the best, like the most perfect example is like everything with like Rocket and Thor. Because yeah. it starts yeah. from a point where it's just kind of funny, but he's like, you know, it's like you say you is yes, you were you rabbit, you have the right idea. You must be the captain. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and then, like, and it's like, they, it's, and I lo- and I was, it's great because like it's showing like Thor is different from a lot of these other guys in that you know his ego, he's he's learned to deal with it. He does. It doesn't matter that Rocket is this little thing. He respects him for what he is, what he can right. bring to the table, and it's like, and it's immediate. He has like no hangups about doing and, that. And Rocket really is. I think in some ways, like, like the most emotionally affecting character, you know, the most poignant character, like mm-hmm. in the MCU, you know, I mean, like in really? the first Guardians movie, his oh, interactions I, with I Peter agree. Quill, in the second Guardians movie, his interactions with, with Yondu, Yondu yeah. you know, yeah. and then in this movie with Thor, like, you know, and you see him kind of in, in like different roles and like doing different things, but like, yeah. he's, he has a character that has like really a lot of, of pathos to him. And he he has these really good, you know, like things, you know, coming together with like another character and sort of bonding in different ways, you know. It's he it's really it's really emotional. Yeah, and I yeah. think it's a good like continuation because you know like you have the, you know, Thor has like that great moment too where he's like, you know, yeah, well, you know, I have nothing left to lose, and it's actually yeah. a great moment even of just acting from him. And Rocket then you know, saying, like, I have everything left to lose. And he loses almost everything at the end. But yeah. like, he basically hasn't lost Thor, and that's it. And, 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 yeah, it was just a nice, like, moment of, like, 
<laughs> you know the you know the world's going to hell and or the universe is yeah. and they're just and they're just like um and like they're kind of sitting on the edge of the apocalypse and they're like sharing that moment like it like yeah. it, it, it was it, it was really great and also jeremy we've, we've talked about this but i think they've they've like kind of surprisingly but in a good way have really developed Thor's character. I mean, like, yeah. like in a good well, way. Like, he's a real character, and it's well, and, and it was he's, Thor he's a difficult. That right. really helped that. He's because mm-hmm. he had little bits and things. But let, let's be honest here: Age of Ultron had nothing. There was no mm-hmm. Thor characterization at all, mm-hmm. really, in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was barely any in the first Avengers. So the two Thor movies have had arcs before the first, this new one, but this like the latest one really gave him something to do. Uh, and I have a lot of issues with Thor Ragnarok as like, you know, I find that it's a, it doesn't like stick the landing on a lot of stuff. But one of the things mm-hmm. I think it does succeed in is that characterization of, of like taking what we already know and making it something better than it was. Something right. like, right. And, and something right. that feels like, right. You know, you now, it's like almost like the character will just write itself. It seems like, yeah, you know, you know, you can just like he's already so well realized that it's just like boom. And I do think like what you're saying, Sim, makes perfect sense because if you think about it, basically everyone who who was sorry, <laughs> go ahead. Everyone, I'm saying everyone who was part of the original Avengers team at that point of the movie, which includes War Machine because he was there, is are the only ones who have survived plus Rocket, and that's it. If you, you know, that's, mm. you know, it's so because Falcon came after Avengers, so he's gone. All the Guardians except Rocket are gone. You know, basically, you know, Spider-Man's gone, etc. So you only see. Wait, did Doctor Strange go too? Yes. In fact, that was like a very oh, specific definitely. part. Yes, like, I remember specifically Doctor Strange going. Well, I mean, that's one of those like things. Like he says, like, this is we're in the endgame now, Stark. This is the only way. And then it's like, oh, OK, I yeah. get it. Yeah. Yeah. OK. Whatever, I, I will, whatever it is that he's seeing is obviously the way to like you know save things. Well, um, I, I, I would, to speak to that, like one thing, <laughs> if you're talking about like you know impressions of the of the ending, one thing I did feel sort of bad about was I was like, man, like Wakanda had its moment like two like about like two months ago or something yeah. like that. It's, and it's been this huge cultural phenomenon, and none of this really takes away from it. But I was thinking for a second, like, oh man, like, <laughs> like Thanos has to come and ruin it all. Ruin social progress. Yeah, although yeah. we didn't see that many Wakandans disappearing, we just saw like one. <laughs> that, the most important one. Right. But also, it was, it was also happening in Wakanda. I mean, yeah. and hopefully they'll continue on with that. Yeah. Actually, maybe maybe that's what they'll do. Maybe like the whole revolution or whatever or, or sort of thing they do, or the or the 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 the, um, the attack on Thanos will be started. You know, like or, in Wakanda. Well, I think I think there's no question uprising. that the success of Black Panther kind of caught everyone by surprise, including Marvel. Um, But I think there's also no question that that Marvel is going to react to that and make sure that Wakanda has a big role in in, the second Infinity War movie, you know, where they're like, oh, you know what? People love Wakanda. Let's make sure they get some Wakanda in the second movie. Like more well, Wakanda. Yeah, and hopefully they'll bring in maybe like they did with James Gunn with Guardians of the Galaxy. Maybe they'll bring in Ryan Coogler for stuff with Wakanda if they didn't already. Right. Just because also Ryan Coogler is just like I think I think that it was just like and we'll talk about Black Panther another podcast, but it was so beautifully shot and choreographed. This was fine with that, but you didn't get into like you know really getting deep into like 
Wakanda, which obviously that's what Black Panther was about. But um, but that was one of my favorite parts of Black Panther. Right. So. Well, like if we're, if we're talking about like choreography, you know, a lot of the action I felt, you know, that's one of the weak, you know, the few weak pieces to me about Infinity War is that, you know, like it starts kind of like it's some interesting action, you know, where like like the weird, you know, space man, you know, who's. <laughs> uh, who basically, you know, Ebony Maw, the guy who's like, oh, children of Thanos, blah, 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 who like mm-hmm. uses, like, he's all telekinesis. And that's like a right. cool fight because it's like, right. it's different. It's different from just the punchy punch, 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 punch. I mean, right. we come to expect from a lot of this stuff or the shooty shoot shoot stuff. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm on the fence, though, about the level of action and violence, because on the one hand, I see what you mean. I was thinking, like, man, there's a lot of action but I didn't. I wasn't upset. I really was like in the middle about it. I it was like, this is a lot. Like, I don't know if they necessarily need this much, but I also like didn't feel like it was too much. I was thinking like, I could see it's kind of good to keep it with action, but I don't feel like, I don't know if action totally took away. I actually really liked. I, I liked. I liked this, the Thanos fighting. That was yes, really interesting. That you saw all these good. different, and that was really, and even you know, even though in the beginning, you know, and that, I thought that was really good for them to do in the beginning. The you know how he, he he was able to overpower the Hulk. Obviously, right. that sort of shows how powerful he right. is. Right. Even later on, when he was sort of overpowered at later times, I still it was still I think kind of believable. I think they did it still in a good way because in some sense, just like Final Fantasy VI, they were getting experience and learning and working together. Mm. And uh, <laughs> and then, and then um, 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 but 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 still, you know, like like he he still seems super powerful. And um, though I was just thinking, Sam, it's a great point you were talking about that the 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 dad thing, the boyfriend's uh, the, the girlfriend's dad thing, because right. that's perfect because because Quill is he's not really Quill's fault fault, but he did screw that up, you know. Um, where yeah, like you know they had him obviously obviously it's not ultimately Quill's fault, but it, but it, but it was funny because like because because that that little sort of like that little sort of like like internal obviously Thanos is the main villain, but they're like internal. And, you know, specific rivalry sort of speaks to that. I feel like. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think I think that's an, it's an interesting point on that too. But you know, I like a lot of like I really for me the action that didn't work as well or wasn't as effective was basically the stuff at Wakanda itself. Yeah, mainly because you know there were like specific moments, but a lot of that was like, well, you know, what's going on? Like, are they winning? Are they losing? I have no idea what's going on here. You know, that, that are you was, talking about Black Panther? Or are you talking about Infinity oh, War? That actually was an issue for me in Black Panther too. But yeah, I'm speci- but I'm specifically. You just have a problem with Wakanda fight scenes, Jeremy. Come on, get with the program. Well, the truth is there haven't. <laughs> I had a problem with this in Age of Ultron, uh, mm-hmm. as well, and also Avengers. Oh, so the fight scenes in Age of Ultron are terrible. Uh, I mean, well, yeah, we have a lot of Age criticisms of Ultron is that. Certainly worse in that regard, but it's the same kind of feel. Well, the real problem in Age of Ultron is that it was like there was no push and pull. Uh, and Black Panther, it was just like when they had the two groups fighting each other, I, I was like, I don't really know what's happening here. You know, when it was just Killmonger and Black Panther fighting, it's like, okay, I, you, you can follow that. Uh, but the same thing here, where it's like, I don't know what's going on. It's just a giant battle. And in fairness, that's very hard to to deal with. I don't know right. if there was a way to do it, you know. Right. Well, I kind of yeah. liked it when they were fighting. I think some of that was like... A deliberate choice like i thought i think they wanted the fighting to be a little chaotic you know they didn't want you to be able to follow in a straightforward way like you know this is what's happening this army is here and that army is there you know because like you were supposed to feel a little mm-hmm. lost you know yeah like in the in the in the, the fight and just like all the crazy and, stuff happening and, and i i and i think that sort of speaks to you sorry to cut you off but like i think that sort of speaks to you because i think like i think part of it 
one thing I was thinking of, like, overall with the Avengers, like, where they're at that right now is, like, I think part of the thing you could say they have to learn. I mean, you could say they're deeper lessons they have to learn. But they're, they're scattered throughout the whole movie. They're not together. They're not – and it, it sort of makes sense, you know, yeah. that they have, like, Nick, Nick oh, Fury, yeah. you know, <laughs> at, at the end, like, you know, because he's a leader because he's missing the whole time. And, like, so, like, kind of the whole thing is that they sort of, like, disbanded. You know, civil war happened, and then and then there's this. So there's all sort of scatters. So they can't really work together, and they try to work together, but they can't. Um, so I feel like the next, at least the next uh, um, Avenger, Infinity War will be more of them, you know, getting back together and like working together. So I feel like that's part of it. They're all sort of like scattered. So when they were fighting in the Phantom Forest, um, or whatever the Wakanda Forest, eh, you like my little my little uh, my little uh, um, <laughs> reference there. Is that a reference um, to something, Benj? <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and you know they're about to get on the phantom train and, and fight those weird ghosts that are on a train for whatever reason um uh but um um when 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 they're fighting Thanos, you know it, it, you know it's people want to time I, I, think, I think it's a good point it is sort of scattered and like you're like this person comes up this person comes up and that's also what i'm saying with sort of like the playing with genre expectations because they, they keep making you think this is the moment here's when the hero comes in nope nope there's not where the hero comes in. No. There's not when the hero comes in. You know, and it was just, I kind of, I kind of like that. All right. Well, here's, thing. Let's, let's, let me ask this question. Um, the the scene where the where all the women are fighting each other, sexist or the opposite of sexist? I forgot which. Um, there was a whole scene where. Oh, Bar- that's right. Where basically it's you know, it's a Scarlet Witch coming in to save Okoye and Black Widow who are fighting Proxima Midnight, the only evil lady yes so okay i i feel really bad in saying this because i really like black widow and she didn't get much to do in this that's movie. true yeah but she did get to fight and be awesome which i appreciated that they were like even though because she doesn't have any superpowers no. but they were like who, she doesn't have any superpowers but we don't care like she's awesome anyway and she's gonna fight these like badass aliens so that was cool. However, that particular scene, sexist. That, <laughs> that goes back to, like, the old trope of, like, you know, men fight men, and, like, the, the there's always, like, right. the token woman on the good good guy's team and the token woman on the bad guy's team, and they always face off against each other. The can't two women face off because, guys. like, a man can't fight a woman. <laughs> like, that's just wrong. So, like, yeah. so the women always pair off. Yeah, we will say this yeah. probably most likely if Joss Whedon had directed this or, or written this, he would not have had it that way. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's I think that's that's fair to say. But you yeah. know, in fairness, there is no there's no right way to do it because you know, let's be honest, there is a different feeling about seeing like guys hit women. It's just you know, there's just something there. Now, hmm. I think it's a little bit different in a superhero movie, but you know, not everyone can be Wonder Woman. You know, so it's a, it's it makes it a little yeah. trickier. I mean, I mean, yeah, I I'm, I'm not sure the decisions that that that, that went into. Or not. I mean, I'm remembering it now that you said it, and I did for a second think like, like, like. I mean, I, I noticed that. Um, well, the real problem is there just aren't that enough you know female characters. You know, and that leads. I think I think Scarlet like Witch did did step up pretty well in this movie. I mean, you really mm-hmm. she she had a like a character and a character arc. Um, yeah, you know, I would say and that's it, true. You know, and and I also think you know they could have also. This is what I mean also by Russo brothers being really good um, at like editing and stuff like that. 
I think their love story could – there probably are people who thought it was too mushy or, or, or too much, but I thought they did a good job at like still keeping it emotional without, without overpowering us with like they're just like they're, you know, they're undying love for each other. You know right. what I mean? Well, so since you're saying that, let's pivot into something else I want to bring up, which is one of the overall themes of the movie. And I think that one of the big themes here is something that's mentioned a lot, which is the individual – versus the group you know what is the worth of an individual versus saving the group is a very much of the perspective of the individual does not matter and when it comes to saving the group Mm. he's like the ultimate version of that and we see several times people willing to sacrifice you know you know all sorts of things you know sacrificing infinity stone after infinity stone for people for individuals you know, and yes. it's over and over again. And the only times yeah, that to the we... point that it got a little like heavy-handed. I yes, thought. but the only times we see this subverted, it failed. Once when Quill tries to kill Gamora, right, it doesn't work. When Gamora tries to kill herself, it doesn't work. Right. Even when Scarlet Witch tries to kill Vision, time is reversed. And yes. I feel like this is all. It's not. But none of these things are told to us. It's told to us through the movie. It's like it's like the movie is saying like. You know, think about this. Yes, Thanos is saying his his belief, but he's you know. But look at how we see when you try to do these prioritizations of not caring about individuals, it leads uh-huh. to problems. So Thanos is wrong. The movie is kind of, but only like showing that. Yeah. You know, under the under the you know under the surface, you know, because you know yeah people say like Thanos you're crazy, but Thanos is like oh, am I though. Am I crazy? <laughs> yeah, and Josh Brolin was just great at that. You like, like the, the fact that he had like these little like moments, like, and I think this speaks to his acting a lot of ways. Like, he could have just been like, he's this big powerful guy, and then also he's like, and I believe in something, or, you know, something like that. But he he would do these things of like when people would point out like the, you know, the fallacies and what he was saying and like the horrible, you know, belief that he had. It was even almost like he relented for a second, but it was like he was reminding himself. And he sort of smiled like sadly, like mm-hmm. like, like 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 he felt pity for people. He was he was it was it was more of like yes, I understand, and I've felt that way for a long time. But but this is really the only way, you know. Yeah. And like so, the sort of sad smiles. It was just it was it was great. Um, um, his his acting. But um, go on, Jeremy. Yeah, so I think that you know I feel like that's a big part of it, and. You know, it's always interesting to see how people react to this thing. You know, people are like, "Was Thanos right?" And um, you know, the answer well, I think is... that's I think that's part of the the, the genius of the, or I don't want to say genius, but one of the the theme really was a it, it was a pretty like resonant theme. I think I think you know because it's a difficult it's a tricky question. Um, this whole thing of like I'm sorry I'm sorry I cut you off, but like but but I was thinking this this whole thing of like um um. I, I was thinking because because I, I don't know what totally the answer is because like kind of both ways it was like it was like yeah this thing of like sacrificing people like is that the reality is it inevitable that that you're gonna have to sacrifice people is inevitable you have to do that to win and then you're right when they even tried to do it it didn't work so they have to figure out like another method that's what I felt like I was like oh the, the normal processing system of trying to think of these things is off you know it's either we save people or we have to you know we have to sacrifice I mean in some sense it wasn't exactly like that but I felt like one of the messages with Rogue One is that you have to be willing to it's not about sacrificing other people but it's kind of like you have to be willing to sacrifice you know yourself you know um work together and then sacrifice yourself to um to you know 
ultimately win. I, 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 I felt like that was kind of, you know, for the greater good. Um, I, you know, I feel like that was the broke one thing. And this was like sort of like sort of the opposite. And, and remember even Captain America said that thing earlier on. He said like, you know, someone said something about just sacrificing one person. Do we have to do, you know, you might have to do that or something like that. And yeah. he's, he said he said a line like, well, we shouldn't have to. Yeah, you should, that's and what I, Captain I'm America glad, that, said to Vision. And I'm glad he said it only once. I'm glad he said it only once because that very easily could have been very heavy handed. Like, mm-hmm. and here's, you know, you know, Mr. Up, uh, upright, you know, America man um, saying the, the moral lesson, but it's obviously something he believes in, the character believes in, and and um, again, he wasn't heavy-handed. He was just like, he realized it with his beard and all. He was very sincere about it. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the one the one thing that sort of was like a little off was the way that like Doctor Strange comes out and says to Stark, like, I will sacrifice you or or Peter Parker in order to save the stone. Like he directly contradicts that theme. Yeah. But yeah. then when push comes to shove, then he does right. give up the stone right. in order to save Stark, you know, mm. contradicting what he had said earlier, you know, and I I wasn't quite sure how to take that. I feel like there's definitely know. it's intentional is how I read it. And like maybe I'll be proved wrong by the sequel, but I feel like there's definitely a reason for that and it wasn't just you know, inconsistency in characterization. You know, I feel like there's something there because of all this, you know, the care that they took with a lot of this stuff. It feels like, you know, yeah. they, it wasn't just like a throwaway, you know. I, you know, you, there's some things you can forgive, you know, due to storytelling. Like someone was, I heard like someone complaining like, you know, the Wakandans, their military strategy was terrible. It's like, well, this isn't a war movie, you know, so who cares? And... Is it war movie? And also remember the thing that they're dealing with is the fact that this is actually like a is an apocalyptic event. Yeah. So it was something also also Wakanda was not. I mean, they actually showed that Wakanda is not equipped to deal with that. Right. They're like, not a military. Like, they're a bunch of because because remember that's even what the, good warriors that, individually. Well, that, well, no, I think their military could have handled something like that. But remember the whole thing with T'Challa was like saying was that was um um because he because he was trying to make the priority. Of like oh, we can't lose the Infinity Stone. That's what he did. But they're not used to. It. I, I feel like if they were all just coming, you know, they probably they possibly could have defended themselves, you know, in terms of like an entire army coming in and trying to fight them. It was just Thanos with the Infinity Stone. I, I, I think I think they very possibly could have. But the, but the whole thing is this, this. I feel like the whole Thanos thing like blindsided everyone. That was kind of the thing. He, he just blindsides everyone um, with um, so many yeah. so many ways. So. It's basically like he does it. It's like he does it in a day. Yeah, it's like, man, this is one event. Was it really day. a day? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Was it really a day? Yeah, I think so, or at least close to it. Maybe, maybe two days, but <laughs> it was it was pretty close to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I thought also what was cool about because obviously you know Thanos does sacrifice something obviously that's closest. I mean that, that was pretty obvious uh, to to get something, and obviously you could see how it's wrong. And I was still like I was still affected. By that, even though it was clear he was even as Gamora was rambling off, oh, you don't love anyone. You love, I was like, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna throw her off the cliff. Yeah, well, but yeah. <laughs> but 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 the thing is, is like I think they did a good job of like of like, oh wow, like I actually did not expect that Thanos had any emotional attachment to Gamora. I mean, obviously his 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 relationship is twisted, but still, like I I I thought I thought you know the way they set up the beginning is that was more like you know it, it, it's his like favorite like. It's his favorite warrior, or something like that. Like, um, you know, like, like, it's someone who's his like favorite servant who does his bidding, or or, or something along those lines. But I didn't, I didn't know that he had this sort of like, 
emotional like like had this like paternal like like feeling towards her um and i think and 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 i, I was pretty impressed with with how they did that and how they showed that like emotional depth to to thanos um i did not expect that actually like i really didn't expect that they were going to make him into like a character you know where you like you sort of saw you say more human emotions i mean so obviously you know like heath ledger's joker is one of the greatest villains ever but mm-hmm. it, it, it was a different sort of thing and I, I'm, not, I'm not necessarily saying like thanos is a better villain but you didn't you didn't get with the joker the whole thing of like oh man i i feel like it wasn't the same thing you weren't like seeing him from his emotional perspective you're just like this is just a brilliant character and a brilliant villain who's terrifying but thanos it was like it was like oh this is an individual with like feelings and thoughts and perspectives and um he's just awful (laughs) okay all right well let's uh let's start to wrap things up and i guess my final question will be for you guys like where does this now rank in your marvel movie list you know you got like a week to think about it you know percolate you know talk it over think it about it yell argue you know get roll your eyes at you know people who don't understand things you know but so can we just do our top five now can we do our rankings of top five i think that would be fun mcu yes yeah, MCU. All right, yeah, Sam. Do you think you? Uh, no, 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 no. I was going to say comic book movies. Total. Uh, Stop. Let's let's let's, just, let's keep it. Let's let's, let's limit it to MCU. Yeah, we can. Right. One, one, you like it? We'll we'll have a follow up later about comic book movies. Okay. In general. So not nothing, nothing in the X Men realm. Right. Nothing in X Men or anything like that. So, you should be able to figure out like where does this go for you know, for you here. Um. So I feel like, you know, we have, like, you know, you, you can think of like, okay, so you have all the Iron Mans, Iron Man 1, 2, 3, Hulk, Spider-Man Homecoming, the three Hork, the three, you know, uh, Thor movies. Uh, you have Black Panther and Ant-Man and the three Avengers movies and the three Captain America movies, the two Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Uh, and Doctor Strange and Ant-Man, I believe... That's it. So that should be your list to choose from. So my question, do you got, do you think you guys have it figured out? I know which movies are in my top five. Right. I don't know if I have the exact order, but at least I have a top okay. five. All right, Sam, let's hear it. Okay. So my top five, and I, I'm not, I can't quite put these in, um, in like an ordinal ranking. So I'm just going to give them chronologically. Um, Avengers 1, Winter Soldier, Guardians 1, Guardians 2, and Black Panther. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, so, so again, that's not like a, you know... It's not a rank. A ranking, but those are, that's, yeah. that's the top five. Um, I would put Infinity War just outside of those. Basically, uh-huh. around somewhere around number six. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's, yeah. That's my ranking. Well, I, I think it's good you're saying, you know, not having a ranking because um, it's hard for me to say because there's some that are kind of tied for me. So it's kind of like I feel like it's tied at the at the top for like best. My favorite Marvel movies are Guardians of the Galaxy one and Black Panther. Um, I do think Infinity War is in my top five. I was really I was I was, I was, I was really happy with a lot of it. Um, First Avengers and um eh. Either thing is I haven't finished Thor Ragnarok, but I feel like once I finished it, I uh, <laughs> I saw enough of it that I liked it. So, oh, what the hell? I'll, I'll make oh, it. Don't get me wrong, I love Thor Ragnarok, um, and it's it's a great movie. It just doesn't quite 
break into my top five. Well, like Jeremy, was, Jeremy, was, Jeremy's probably pretty angry that I didn't put Guardians of the Galaxy two in there. Uh, but well, we all have our own sorry. opinions. <laughs> uh, all right. So, well, my my list goes like this: it's Guardians two, then Guardians, then Winter Soldier, then Infinity War, then Black Panther. Respectable. Not, not a bad ranking, yeah. Yeah, I mean, then Civil War, and then Avengers, and then Thor Ragnarok. It's sort of like, so it's like they're they're all close, but you know, I feel like that's where I fall on that stuff. I, and you know, you know, I I, uh, I know that like you know some people don't get these things in the same way. You know, I feel like you know there's I may change my mind, you know, depending on this in the sequel. But you know, at this point, I feel pretty okay with that. All right, guys. Well, any, and and, any and and last words. Well, what I was gonna, what I was gonna say is like maybe just a quick second, just saying what we think is gonna happen in the future, what we think about it with this whole Captain Marvel thing. Like, I think it's cool that I mean, I don't know when Ant Man and Wasp, but that's come out when they, uh, what time period they're gonna be putting it in, um, in terms of where the timeline is right. for. Um, yeah, I was wondering this. that. Like, does this take place between these two movies, or does it take place? Before this movie, or like, how does it fit into the timeline? Ant Man wasn't in yet. this movie. That's right. You know. And they had a '90s song for the for the for the trailer. So yeah, maybe. but it doesn't play take in well, the '90s. So, but. but but at least I'll say with the Captain Marvel thing. Like, also, this is I think pretty brilliant in terms of like marketing stuff with with the MCU. The fact that they, we have to wait a year for Captain Marvel that's going to be taking place in the '90s, which is going to be just a couple months, I think, before you know. The second Infinity War. Right. So like that 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 is that is a great way. That's what I'm saying. It's kind of brilliant. Like to keep people like glued in. Like oh oh I'm see oh you know Captain Marvel not not yet not yet not yet. And then and then we're gonna see oh Captain Marvel can do that maybe whatever Captain Marvel can do. And then and then we'll be right back into Infinity War. You know. Yeah. So. All right. It's just gonna be hard to resist the temptation not to watch any trailers for Infinity War Part Two. Right. Or Agreed. you know whatever they call it. All right, Sam. Any final notes? Um. Final notes. Um, more Black Widow. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. More Black Widow. More Black Widow was was probably like the most one of the most underutilized characters in this movie. So yeah, I, right. I want to see more of her. All right. Okay, guys, that was fun. And until next time, nerd you later. Nerd you later. Nerd you later. Go Caps. <laughs>